Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel where you can access all of our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Hey, if you have uh, received something from the Lord through this series of messages that we've done, um, I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor. Um, I'm gonna be in Scotland for 10 days, and one of the things I wanna be able to do while I'm there, uh, besides just enjoy myself like crazy, is I would love to have uh, little messages from you uh, regarding uh, how the Lord has spoken to you and worked in your life and wants to work in your life through these messages on the Holy Spirit. Just between you and me, if you could email me at pastortim at myloh.church, I would like to be able to pray for you while I'm away in Scotland regarding those things. No, no pressure, you don't have to do it, and co- absolutely confidential, um, but I would love to be able to do that while I'm away. Uh, Pastor Tim at myloh.church. All right, so we're closing up the series, and I've really struggled with that, closing up the series. I have so much more to say, and I feel like I've left a lot of it out, um, but although we're closing the series, I believe that the Holy Spirit has opened the gates and open the heavens for us, and I'm believing God that all summer long, we're going to go deep. I'm gonna close this series today with the message, going deep in the water. When God gives us a new birth by the Spirit, uh, he raises our spirit up again to new life. It brings us into a new life. Those who are in Christ are new creations. Old things pass away, all things become new. And in the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, God wants us to know everything he wants us to know about him, about the things of God, how we can walk close to him, how we can walk close in the waters of the Holy Spirit. Everything that he wants us to know, he wants us to know. He wants us to go deep, like not only reading the Bible, but being taught by the Holy Spirit as you read the Bible. Where you not only read the Bible, but the Bible reads us. Going deep in prayer, not just praying, but praying in the Holy Spirit and praying beyond our limits, praying in deeper dimensions, worshiping in deeper dimensions. He wants us to go deep in listening to the voice of God by the Holy Spirit, so he can guide us, really guide our lives. And he wants to lead us into the depth of the dynamic of being used by the Lord, used by the Lord in our everyday life, ordinarily with extra on it, naturally with super on it, and then other times just, wow, God using you and I. In the New Testament, when we read the New Testament, we, something, we see something very clearly, and it's this. The Spirit of God leads people. And he leads the people who are alive in the Spirit. The Spirit of God leads 
people by speaking to our soul. And he quickens us so he can guide us. Paul said that the Spirit of God is the proof that we are children of God. He who has the Spirit of God, he who is led by the Spirit of God, he is a son of God. He who is, she who is led by the Spirit is a daughter of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. It's motion. Devotion in motion. The Bible is very clear that the Holy Spirit is real and wants, it, wants to teach us and guide us in real time. If this is not ankle or knee or waist or swim level ever or never, very infrequent, if at all, According to the New Testament, I would deeply question whether that person is a true believer. I honestly believe that there are many people who attend churches who are not real Christians. I'm glad that they attend though. There are people who have never truly been born again. I'll tell you what else, there are people who preach that aren't real Christians. Yet, there are people who can go to a moment or to a season of moments in their life where they know they've come face to face with their stuff, with their sin, with their brokenness, with their need, that they can talk about a moment and a more, more accurately probably a series, a season of moments where God brings them face to face, right in their face in reality, Deep gut search where things begin to change in their life and God begins to change them. That's a real Christian. I also believe there are people that are just listening to sermons, mentally picking and choosing their menu, their diet, but aren't truly being moved, aren't truly being led directed by the Holy Spirit. The New Testament gives evidence that people who really know God are led by God. And there is a character change happening within their life. And the fruit of that change may be more evident by people on the outside than what you may realize is going on in your own inside. Where others witness What's going on in your life? I've crafted all these messages with you in mind. This message is for the hungry. Not the perfect, but the hungry. This message is for people who are struggling. I want to remind you, if you're born of the Spirit, you have that fountain that we had on screen, like that fountain at the pool at the Constitution Park, you have that fountain, and God wants that fountain to be flowing on the inside of you and me. If you are born of the Spirit, you, you have the opportunity to live in the realms of the waves that we talked about last week, the waves, the waves of the Spirit are always coming your way. God is always moving, and he wants us to ride. 
There is a man, like we see in the book of Ezekiel, who wants to take every believer by the hand and take him on a walk by the river and into the river. And we have to stay in the flow of that water. We have to remain open to the waves because the Holy Spirit is a mover. We have to listen to the man who wants to take us by the hand. And if not, if not, our life will not be any different than the people who don't even know God. So this message is to those who already know God. He's touched your life. He's touching your life. He's working in your life. And you know he wants to work in your life. And you want that. You want that. And you might notice 20% increase. You might notice 50. You might notice 70. Or you might say, man, over the past while, God has been changing me in 100% ways. And I just give him the praise. This is for you. Uh, This is what I want to share with you. God wants you and I to get our eyes on summer, this summer, and go deep this summer with God in the Spirit. That's my intro. The Corinthian church was a, a, a group of Christians, and they were all messed up. They were real Christians, though. But you wouldn't know it by their lives, according to Paul. Paul gets word of this and writes them two letters. And Paul was the man that God sent to wake them up and get them back to the Spirit. And he starts with a reminder. And look where he starts. I want to give you this passage, a couple passages from the from the first letter of 1 Corinthians where we see that Paul reminds this group of Christians who have gotten off track in all kinds of ways and gets their eyes back where they belong. Look where his grace, Corinthians, has positioned all of you. First thing he says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. So you know they're Christians. Therefore, You do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be apocalypsis, revealed. He says, in the corporate gatherings and the corporate community of the Christians in Corinth, you have so much Holy Spirit potential, all of the gifts of the Spirit are at your disposal. They are right there for you. In other words, You are in the water, you are at the river, and you have been given oceanfront property by God. But, then he gets real with them. You are like fish on the sand. We have to get real in order to live in the realm of the Holy Spirit. If we want to really know God, we have to get really real with God. And so Paul gets real with these Christians. And he says in the next passage, brothers and sisters. Paul didn't call anybody a brother or a sister if they weren't born again. Brothers and sisters. Now again, these are real Christians. I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit. But as people who are still worldly. Do you see I I highlighted these things? Still worldly. You're a believer. You're ocean front property 
you're in the river, you have full potential, the doors are wide open to all the spiritual gifts in your life, in your church, in your community, but I couldn't talk to you like that because you're still worldly. At best, you're a mere baby in Christ, just baby. And he says, you're still worldly. He says it two more times in the first three verses of chapter three. Are you not worldly? And then he says, are you not acting like mere humans? And then he calls them back to their senses. And he says this, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. In other words, you're living like a fish on the sand, you have oceanfront property, you are right there, God has graced you, he's given you every spiritual gift for you to access and enter into as a church community, but I can't talk to you that way because you're as worldly as the people of the world, like you don't even have the spirit, and I want you to realize, there are things that your natural eye will never see, your mind will never conceive, but God wants to show you what the world will never see, God wants your eyes to be fixed again on the things, on the things, that he's revealed to us by his spirit. And then he says this, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And that terminology of searching takes us back to the water. God is saying the Holy Spirit in nautical terms takes deep dives and you guys are on the beach. And so you don't see what God wants you to see. You don't know what God wants you to know. You're not experiencing what God wants you to experience, you are fish on the sand. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what, what God has freely given us. He's saying, you guys are getting drunk in communion, 1 Corinthians 11. Sexual immorality is running rampant through your community, 1 Corinthians 5. You're suing each other, brothers and sisters, going to going to the courts of the world and suing one another, and on and on. And he goes, but God has given you all, and he wants to take, you're on the beach, the Holy Spirit is saying, I wanna dive deep. And Paul is saying, I want you to dive deep. Okay, L-O-H. The Lord has placed these messages that God put in my heart over weeks and weeks and weeks that have been deposited to you as a doorway and a pathway before you and before me so that we can have a summer in the S-O-N. We can have a summer in the S-O-N. God has given us a heaven-sent time season ordained by him for you and I to go deep in the waters of the Holy Spirit all summer long. I don't want to talk about someday. I want to focus right in and say, by fall, God wants every one of us to say, man, I've been in deep waters with the Lord. Man, I'll tell you what, my eye saw something it would have never seen. My ear heard something it would have never heard. My mind has come into some unconceivable things that have been revealed to me by God. And so here's my challenge to all of us. Don't have a dry summer. Go deep. Stay soaked in the love of God. Romans chapter 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad. The imagery would be like water that comes through that door and hits this wall. 
shed abroad. The love of God is shed abroad. It's a water picture by the Holy Spirit. So God wants his people to stay stay soaked in love. The Corinthian church, love was foreign to them. Foreign. You could see it. Ephesians 3 says, Paul says, I pray that you would have the power in your spirit, by the Holy Spirit, to plumb the depths of the love of Jesus. You would know it from the height, the depth, the length, and the width. The Spirit dives deep, always in the love of God. And God wants his people to know the love he has for them. The Father truly wants you and I to be soaked in his love for us and soaked in the love he has for others and the love he wants us to show others. The gift of God's love is the most excellent way to flow in the Holy Spirit. Paul says it like this, if I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages, in heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with the love of God, my words are reduced to hollow sounds of nothing. If I were to have the gift of prophetic utterance with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, if I had the gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never walked in the love of God, I'm nothing. If I were to be so gentle, because this is what was going on in the Corinthian church. If I was so generous to give away everything I own to feed the poor, offer my body to be burned as a martyr, but it didn't come from the love of God, it means nothing of value. Love never stops loving. And the Holy Spirit never stops diving into the love of God. But the Holy Spirit doesn't want to dive out in the ocean alone because he, can, he already is in the love of God. He wants somebody on his back. Any kind of, quote, Christian depth without the love of Jesus is a foreign concept to the Lord. Any kind of depth, scholarly, academic depth, without the love of God is a foreign concept to the apostles. The love of God is the motor of effective ministry. We can do acts, we can do works, but effective ministry is life change. It goes past soulish feeling to character impact. And none of that is in my own wheelhouse. This love that I'm talking about is not in your wheelhouse, but it's in the waters of the Spirit. You can't and I can't work up a kind of love that Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 13. We can't work up and will up a kind of love that Jesus preaches about in the Sermon on the Mount. 
But the Spirit of God is all about that. And in the waters of the Spirit, the Spirit of God would say, let me sweep you up in this. Get on my back and let's go deep. Your heart and my heart, born again, was created for the love of God to be soaking in it. Galatians 5 says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Old songs that I used to, I, I, I was going to say used to listen to, but I, don't, I listen to them still. Uh, one of those songs, two Doobie Brothers songs, one, one is called Real Love, and there's a line in it Michael McDonald wrote that says, uh, we'd trade it all right now for just one minute of real love. And he was talking about uh, going out with this woman, and they were lying to each other because they've been burned in, 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 in previous relationships, and they know, they think it's not real, and so, okay, let's get into our, and we're going to lie to each other, but wouldn't we trade it all right now for just one minute of real Tommy Johnson wrote this back in the 70s. Thought I saw Miss Lucy down along the track. She lost her home and her family and she won't be coming back. Without love, where would you be now? Right? Now, isn't that a good song? I got more. But listen, I was, I was on a walk last night with my ear pods in, going up the highway, and people saw me, and I asked, did you see, did I look like a maniac preach? I had my, I had my sermon on my phone with my ear, and I don't know, everybody on National Highway, I think, heard this, and I think, I prayed this morning, help me to preach it as good as I preached it yesterday when I went on my walk. And I was singing this part louder than I just sang it to you, and it hit me, it hit me. What he is saying is, Without the love of God, let me ask you, where would you be now? She lost her home. You know anybody like that? And her family. And she won't be coming back without love. And the Holy Spirit knows that. And he says to you and I, hey, she won't be coming back. Get on my back. Let's go get her. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all oppressed. All the, all the Miss Lucys. And healing all oppressed by the devil. Why? Because God was with him. And Jesus said, for God so loved the world. And we are to so love too. The Corinthians were beached up in carnality and their church had become a self-center. A self-center. And Paul says, God doesn't call you to be a fish on the sand to dry up. God wants LOH church people for us to connect with the Holy Spirit this summer. There's an invitation, there's deep waters for us in the love of God. He says, let me show you the most excellent way. Don't have a dry summer. Here's another reason to go deep. Stay salty in character. In 1 Corinthians 15, after exposing all of the carnality, Paul says, don't be misled. See the motion? Bad company corrupts good character. 
There are some breakups the Holy Spirit might be calling you to make in some areas of your life. Brother, sister. Remember I talked last week about watching people when the tide comes in, how they have had their chair down in the water and then when the tide, they move the chair back? Here's the thing. There are some areas in some of our lives where we are losing our salt and the Holy Spirit wants to come closer than we want him to come and here comes the tide and it's coming with conviction. It's coming with getting real about some things that we should not be in relationship with in the level we are. And Paul is saying, are you still worldly in this area? James says it this way. James would, I don't know if he'd ever been lasted long as a pastor. James says, anyone who is friendly with the world becomes an enemy of God. I know, I heard one guy say he preached the ser a series on James when he came to the church and when he was leaving the church. Other than <laughs> Read James if you haven't read it. You'll go, yeah, I see that. Uh, worldly, are you still... Listen, listen, when the Holy Spirit comes up close in some of these areas of our life, we're not to move the chair back. We need to let that salty water get on us. What is worldliness? Worldliness means that instead of referring to life in the, in the concepts and the, in, in the relational covenants with Jesus, the philosophies and perspectives of the world trump the kingdom of God philosophies and perspectives in intimate uh, covenants we've made. Salty comes from the word of God, not just reading it, because there's a lot of people that read the Bible and they're, and, and, and they're not like Jesus. But the word of God, salty, salty is not snarky because we're bathed in the love of God. But salty means that the spirit of the, last time I checked, he's called the Holy Spirit. Over here. The last time I checked, he's called the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And I, I did read it where when it says holy in one, ver in one verse in Isaiah, it says it three times. Holy, holy, and holy. In case you're wondering, holy, holy, holy. So, God flavor... When I'm salty like Jesus, it creates a need in people for something they didn't know they needed. The nature of the king is presented through my life. And sometimes in order for me to become what I, what I have been drifting away from and have to come back to it, I need to move my chair back up. And it could be that a lot of the company that I've been around has moved their chair back away from the salty water influence and therefore I have to go place my chair by myself and sometimes in order for our life to become more of what God wants it to be we have to be willing to go through lonely seasons because some of the people aren't going there and and it gets really tough and I totally get that and lo lonely seasons can be tough and it's a hard price to pay sometimes but a bigger price is losing out with God I didn't expect a lot of clapping on that. But a bigger price to pay is losing out with God. Jesus says it this way in the message. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, 
How will people taste godliness? And listen to this. You can read it in the King James NIV and all that. It basically says the same exact thing here. You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Now, I know most of us wouldn't be here if we weren't hungry. And you didn't walk in here with the intention of your life being like a plane that crashes into a mountain or your Christian example is in a garbage dump. You're here because you're hungry. You're here because you want to be. But I also know that there's a battle. Is there not a battle? Have you been in the battle? Is there not a battle? It's, a, it's coming for the pastors. It's coming for the leaders. There are people right now in the pulpit that are changing their views on things that God's not changed his view on. And they're being transformed into an angel of light through seduction spirits of the age. I don't have time to go into that because that's a 15-week series, but don't tempt me. But I'm here to also say in the midst of that war, and we're all in it, it's a struggle to stay sane, to stay on track, to keep your eyes where they want to be, because when a lot of people are moving their chairs back, it's not always great to be sitting alone. But I'm preaching a message today. This series has been for those that you haven't necessarily been riding on the crest of the wave with an amazing prayer life where every time you pray is better than the one before. I might be preaching, I think I'm preaching to people and you know that as much as you want to be, you're not oozing in the love of God and the joy of the Lord and the peace that passes all understanding. And you're not necessarily a Christ magnet. I've tailored this message for you because I've been like you and I am like you. And it's not always easy to see your life reaping the harvest of relational closeness with others where the sun is always shining bright 24 hours a day on your glorious love life. If you're that person, the Holy Spirit has not forgotten you. And he's come through these weeks of message to say, you want to go for a ride? Let's go deep. This summer, don't dry out. Go deep. The Holy Spirit's presence can flavor our flaws. The Holy Spirit can take us where we've been shaky, where we've been struggling, where sin has been nipping at our heels and strengthen us and make us better at body surfing and make us stronger difference makers where God can work in our life in such a way where a Pharaoh will say to somebody like Joseph, is there anybody else in this kingdom that has the spirit of the gods in them? Or like Nebuchadnezzar says to Daniel, there is nobody like you in my whole kingdom. Hey, let's go. Let's go. And lastly, don't have a dry summer. Go deep and discover the wonders of God. I want to use three movements in the life of Simon Peter to explain what I'm meaning by going deep to discover the wonders of God. Movement number one. 
Jesus comes to Simon Peter, who is a fisherman. He is a Bible-believing Jew. He would say, and it was true, he had a relationship of some sort with God. Moses is God, Abraham's God, Isaiah's God. He had a faith. Movement number one. Jesus comes to Simon and says, I want you, I know you fished all night, and I want you to launch out into deep waters and let down your net for a catch. This movement in our life for this summer is about this, for those of you like this, where your faith, which is real, is placed under the Lord's word. This is probably a series too, but I'm going to try to preach a series in the next few minutes. I don't even know how to explain this. I'm, I'm praying the Holy Spirit will help me with it. There are people who have a faith in Jesus, but Jesus is expected. This, is, this might even be subconscious. Jesus is expected to serve your faith. Your Christian faith. And your prayers are about Jesus accommodating your needs, your thing, your fishing company. You work hard at it. But this was not about Jesus blessing Simon's fishing company. This was about turning his world completely upside down and under the word of the Lord. We have fished all night, but at your word. Mm. If anything's ever going to change in any person of faith's life, it starts with at your word. Movement one. What happened after that? They caught such a large number of fish. Peter was astounded. Astounded. Movement number two is different than movement number one. Peter, in movement number one, was in his boat, went out on Jesus' words, and did what he had done before, now, under the word of the Lord. We could talk about giving there. We could talk about how many people, I, I don't know a Christian that doesn't ask God to meet their needs. But I know a lot of Christians that don't ask God, take all 100%. It's all under your word. People leave churches over that series. We better get away from it before sweat starts beating up on the brow. Second movement. Peter's, Peter has settled the lordship issue. Settled. But this second movement is not launching out in the deep. This is Peter stepping out in, onto the water. Nobody in the boat would have known anything more than being in the boat in their Christian walk until this one in the boat sees Jesus Christ 
outside of the boat. And something inside says in him, in his DNA, something rings and he asks them this crazy, and if you try to analyze what Peter says, it makes no sense. I've been trying for years to understand this. If that's you, which means he'll never know for sure, in the boat. If it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And we... We preach that and Peter looked at the winds and the waves and he got out. We don't talk about the 11 punks. <laughs> we never mention them. Peter's up in heaven going, hey, I did make it a little ways. <laughs> Movement number two. The Holy Spirit is saying to, to some of us, and he's not saying, maybe in 10 years, Maybe you 17-year-old, when you get to be 27, you'll be in the, No, no. By the end of the summer, there are somebody in this room, there is somebody watching, and God is saying, that thing that's stirring on the inside of you, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it here. You're not going to find it in this boat. It's out there. Lord, I want to put my faith to the test. This isn't crazy testing, tr tempting God. This is not that. This is something on the inside of you. This is your destiny. This is something that's about you. And there isn't anybody to look. You can't look at James. You can't look at Nathaniel. You can't say, what do you think? What do you it isn't about them. It's about you. You've got to prove something to be true that God's put in your heart. And it's not in there. It's out there. Who am I preaching to right now? I don't know who you are, but I feel this strongly call me out Lord call me out the third move what what happens out on that water what happens he does something that is impossible to do it is not po if you think it's go out to Rocky Gap this afternoon and go, even, even, even say in the name of Jesus, and even say it loud, you know, because anointing always is more valid when you're loud. <laughs> God can't move with preachers that just talk. You gotta, even if you don't have anything from God, if you say it loud, they'll never know the difference. So, <laughs> been in this a long time. If I cross the line and I'm still sweet, it'll be a miracle of God. out there he learned something about Jesus he'd have never learned in the boat in the boat his head would have never went under in, in the boat he would have never had that freak me out moment out there when you get out there and you go oh my gosh what was I thinking and he would have never known about the hand of the one that reaches down under the water when you've gone under and pulls you up when nobody else. God, God save you and I from criticizing water walkers. Some people get into error 
and go into extreme. And then there are people who sit in the boat and tell them how unbiblical and they do YouTube videos on them. But here's how I think God looks at that. God knows the heart of that person. And that person might have went extreme, but they, but, they, but they went out because they were sick of playing church in a dead man's tomb and wanted to see Jesus do what he does. So God bless them. I'll let the Lord take care of his own kids. Acts chapter 10 is the third movement. Peter broke out into new waters. When Daniel sees the vision of the beasts, he sees the winds of, the, of God stirring up the sea. The sea imagery in the Old Testament and in the book of Revelation, the sea is, is the multitude of the Gentile world nations. All the beasts that are, that are from start to finish, they all come up out of the sea. They all come up out of the Gentile world nations. And so when Peter, Jesus' main movement of definition for Simon and the boys is always at the water because they're going to catch many fish of all kinds. They're not just going to live in the cocoon of what they've known God to be. And so in Acts 10, Peter thinks he's just going to share the gospel with a Roman soldier and his family, which was to us is nothing. To, to them, that was like, what? That, that would be so shocking in the mind of a Jewish man that, that has been his whole life long uh, been taught and discipled that, that God isn't even doing that. God's, God's not even, that's not, that's. But when he does that, not only is it something new, Peter's whole world is changed. In other words, he comes to the shocking revelation that there, are, there is humanity on the other side of Sidling Hill. And there are other things that go on in November in Western Maryland besides the homecoming game. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Nothing wrong with that, unless your whole world is that, or any other that, because the Holy Spirit is like, dudes, and do debts. Can I can can I show you? Can I show you the seven wonders of the world? He put his faith. He put his faith into God's world. He was willing to be used by God for others of all kinds. The psalmist prophesied that the Holy Spirit would do this for people that would go on a deep dive with him. Psalm 107, 23 and 24. Some, notice it doesn't say all, sadly, sadly, in the history of the church and in, in today's church, and sadly, in, in our community of faith, only some 
And it will probably be that on the, on the final day. Oh, we know it will because we've seen it in the parables of the three servants. The ten talent, five talent, one talent. That doesn't mean he only give you one talent. It means a certain amount of money allotted. And you're only going to be judged by the amount of money that you were given. And we see that in, the, in that parable, that will be a reflection of people. Some, some went out on the sea in ships. They were on the mighty waters. They were on the mighty waters. And what did they see? They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. Not the church, not the boat, not in Nazareth, in God's world, among the sea of the beasts. I cannot put into words the deep passion I have, the vision I have, and compassion I have for this young generation that I've preached to now for years. Because I know that God is going to raise you up and he wants to meet you. But in today's church, we have not provided the type of space. I don't mean about our building space. I don't mean that one bit. I'm talking about a mental space. And I don't mean we here. I mean we Because the future, as I, as I know, every move of God of the past, we stand on the shoulders of great men and women of the Spirit and the Word. But the move of God that's coming, some of it will have the essence of things that have been of the past because the Spirit is one. But what God wants to do, there's nothing to compare it to. So I want to give you all I have about that, and I don't have much. And I want to challenge you from the very start, and it's not the first day of summer yet. I've been calling it summer already for the last couple of weeks. But from the, from, the, from the very beginning of summer, I know this. Young man, young woman, young middle schooler, and of course, every saint of God, every wise gatekeeping elder. This summer is the time the Holy Spirit wants you and me to go on deep dives with him. And as we practice that with him, it will turn into a passion that will set a course for the rest of your life. There are a lot of churches I, I love and I read vision statements, doctrinal statements and distinctives. There are terminology about denominational distinctives and how in diversity we can become one and major on the majors and minor on the minors and be united and work together and all that. That's wonderful. That's a great, that's a great thought. But I want to tell you something that's more important than our doctrinal distinctives and that's having a dynamic presence of the Holy Spirit in your 
church community regardless of your denominational distinctives because without the dynamic move of the Holy Spirit regardless if we are bullseye on our doctrinal distinctive we're dead we're dead we're fish in the sand we're fish in the sand in the person of the Holy Spirit in the imageries that God's used me to share with you over the past weeks of a man walking by the river taking us into deeper places the imagery of the fountain in the constitutional park pool that fountain on the inside the flowing of the spirit inside of you has the nutrients and the natural the natural ingredients to make you what you'll never be by trying to become something the spirit of him in you I want everybody to stand please um, the last thing I want us to do I want you and I the Bible said Jesus said this if any listening Jesus said this if any two if any two of you on earth agree as touching anything you ask it will be done. Here's what I want us to ask. Let's agree in prayer for a summer soaked in the mighty waters of his spirit. Wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, my life, let's have an agreeing prayer In the 90s, I had a vision of these kids. I loved this past week, man. This VBS this past week was awesome. These kids were gone. I said to somebody, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for the investments people made in my life when I was a little kid. And VBS to me was wonderful. But you know what? Compared to, God, I mean, it was a different time, but uh, we sat a little wooden table and drank Kool-Aid and ate crackers and made a couple things and, and tried to peel the Elmer's glue off your fingers. That was pretty much it. God, it was one, but I, I thought I was at Disney World because I had nothing to compare it to. But I walked in here the other night, the first night, and I thought to myself, the Timmy McGregor of that, I'd have lost my mind in this place. I'd have lost my mind. I'm watching your kids and my grandkids and just, and kids from all over the place and they're just, uh, Jesus is touching their lives and the word's being taught and they're having so much fun and they're swinging from, you should have seen this place. We should have kept the swing up. <laughs> Surfer's still up there? He's still up there. But watching this, I saw these kids and God is, is, God is moving my feet in real time into the things he's shown me a long time ago. Well, anyway, I have some pictures of myself when I was about four years old, and you're not gonna see them. <laughs> but I have one of them, and I sent it to my buddy today, who I met in second grade. He's one of my prayer partners. He's a good man, Bill Kirby is his name, one of my best friends in the whole wide world. And I sent him a picture of myself in this little cool, double-breasted, cool dude suit with a fedora on my head. And I'm out in front of my grandma's house and I'm doing the two-step. I don't know what I was doing. 
Why? There's a picture of it. I sent it to my brother today, and I said, when I grow up, I want to be just like him. I want to invite anybody who is a kid or wants to be a kid at heart to say, God, this summer, in the mystery of faith, I am bringing my chair to the edge and I'm going out with the man into the water. I'm wanting you to rain down the waters of the Holy Spirit on me where I am washed, soaked. And I want to agree that that will happen in my life through this summer. And not only for me, we're not a part of a self-center church. We want the Holy Spirit to take us places as we gather, but even more importantly, to the Miss Lucy's and the battered women and broken men and hurting kids all around us. These altars are open for you. I'm going to ask you if you come to the altar, not kneel, stand. There's a time to kneel, but there's a time to stand. And I want you to come and stand and just say, Holy Spirit, rain on me. Let the deep wash over me. I'm praying that this summer, LOH, would be a time heaven sent. Come on. Come on, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to move on our lives. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.